The Richmond Theatre Critics Circle. Curtain Call. A discussion of all things theatre, with Richmond critics and occasional guests. Welcome to Curtain Call, Act 6, Scene 23. I'm Jerry Williams from Sifter. I'm Julie Turner with Inquiry. And Susie Hobbenstock with BroadwayWorld.com. Claire Boswell with Style Weekly. I'm Julinda Lewis with RVA Art Review. We got five reviewers today. That's uh, pretty unique. That's funny since we had five reviewers. First thing we're going to talk about tonight, because all five of us did get to experience it last weekend, was Ella and her fellow Frank, which is at Virginia Rep's November Theater through September 12th. Ella Fitzgerald and Frank Sinatra meet up in heaven and they sing. This was originally inspired by Randy Strauderman's 1999 production. So I know all of us, but Claire saw it on opening night, which was very exciting because everybody was thrilled to be in the theater. And there were even some of the Clint moments on stage where the cast was like, oh, my God, it's so good to be back. But we all had the same experience, didn't we? We did. We had the experience of of being at the bottom of a steel drum and hearing that echoey sound. The sound was And that was so disappointing because everything else was lovely. The band sounded wonderful. The set was pretty. Ella's costumes were delightful. With one exception, her green satin dress. You can see the pinches up and down every scene. Other than that, you're right. Go ahead. I said it was the battle of the saxophones because that's all I could concentrate on um, during the musical numbers. Miss Scott's jokes, waiting to figure out what was funny and just couldn't hear them. That was unfortunate. Now, Claire, you saw it later in the run. I saw the matinee on Sunday. There were some sound issues at the beginning. I never had difficulty hearing the actors or the band during the speaking parts, but during some of the songs, it's like I could only hear the band. You know, it's interesting. One thing we uh, were talking about with somebody after the show, if you closed your eyes, he sounded like Frank Sinatra pretty much. But if you opened your eyes, he grinned a lot. And Frank Sinatra was a pretty cool character. He just generally didn't ever show his teeth. So I thought that was a little bit of a... But I think Scott was probably more fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I guess we should mention, because we haven't actually done that, the band was under the direction of Laurie Branch, and the two actors who played Ella Fitzgerald was Desiree Roots, and Frank Sinatra was Scott Wichman. They enjoyed each other, and they were a lot of fun. I didn't feel like there were a lot of vocal pyrotechnics. They were pretty much song stylists. There was not a lot of hard sell, except Scott's New York, New York was kind of a showstopper. Well, I thought that was the whole point. It wasn't supposed to be pyrotechnics. It was supposed to be just an enjoyable evening. We were finally all out together at the theater. Well, definitely it was nice to all be out at the theater again. But also it's an homage to Ella and Frank. So I was thinking of it as like, how good are these impersonations, you know, vocal impersonations? And from, from that standpoint, I thought Desiree Roots did an amazing job. And I think Scott has sounded like Frank Sinatra. I agree. I think Desiree was wonderful. I love standards and I love the song choices. I went through the whole Ella Centennial year in 2017 and went to many, many tribute shows and love the jazz side of Ella. And okay, this was not that. So we didn't get to see that part. Although I think Desiree can absolutely do that. Of course. I just want to circle back. We talked about the set. Joseph Athronoso, who is new in town and won an artsy last year for his set design, did this. It was kind of low budget because it was basically a back wall of mylar stretched to look kind of like a mirror with a bunch of very inexpensive white white paper lanterns. I loved it, though. It reminded me of a cruise ship set. I couldn't help but think that I had seen it on a cruise ship. It was very pretty and the lighting enhanced it. BJ Wilkinson's lighting added color washes all through it. So yeah, that did make it a lot more interesting. I love those globe lights. For kind of a light fair re-entry into theater, I thought it was just the right set. 
And credit Bo Wilson for the updated book. It was basically just a few lines of patter. You didn't really get a whole lot of insight into either of the duo. If you, I didn't know the thing about him forgetting lines or her forgetting. Which one was this, her. I didn't know the thing about her forgetting lines. The guy, Larry. And uh, I, I felt like I didn't really know anything more about them much after I saw it. It was really just a nice concert. I agree. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we've said enough about the band. They were really good. This was the first back in a big auditorium show for us and for the region. And it's a different feel than the very small shows that the very valiant local theaters have been putting on low these many months. And it was wonderful to be back in that kind of environment for me. We were required to be masked up and the bar was closed. By the way, they did have a little opening ceremony outside before the show where they did kind of a official Richmond theater cutting ribbon. And they had a number of artistic directors from some of the other theaters have a little cheer and then cut the ribbon. So that was kind of another way to kind of kick it off. Anyway, we have been talking about Ella and her fellow Frank, which is now at Virginia Rep and will be playing there through September 12th. That was a little sound clip from that opening night cheer at Virginia Rep. Now, Susie and I are the only ones to review this next production because we're so far the only ones who have seen it, although the others are planning to. We're talking about Twelfth Night, which is Shakespeare's romantic comedy, like the typical stuff, mistaken identities, a love triangle, and of course, some buffoons. Susie, you want to jump in first? Again, always, always happy to be back at Agecroft Hall for Shakespeare. There just is no place better to be on a summer night in Richmond in my book. And let me just mention that now they're in the back, but instead of the stadium seating in the little courtyard, we're out on the lawn, which was great. We had, you know, it was picnicking. Yeah, it's bring your own chairs. They built a raised stage, a plain but raised stage, and they lit it pretty darn well. They did amplify the performance to First time. make it audible to everybody. It wasn't perfect, but it wasn't terrible. It was just great to be out there and felt like sinking back into a warm and familiar, lovely experience. The show was almost three hours. They did have 15 minutes of music at the front before it even started. I felt like the cast was uniformly solid and they had energy, but it just didn't have the pace and the zip that it needed. Maybe it needed more stylization. Maybe it needed to be cut. Maybe the pace needed to just be zipped up some, but I didn't feel like it It was just kind of more there as opposed to snappy. Yeah, I would, I would have voted for ramping up the pace. Just uh, sometimes your quill productions have been an absolute rollicking roller coaster ride of speed. And this could have benefited, I think, if it had been a little bit quicker. But there was plenty of laughs, a lot of funny people, even the the more or less serious characters were fun. The costumes were great. I really did enjoy it. There were a lot of good comic actors in the show, but Kirk Benjamin Smith, who played Sir Andrew, his physical hijinks were kind of fun and he stood out. And I believe he's playing the lead in the bottom show, which is the other one. So I think he's a real talent. And I thought he brought a lot of energy and and comedy to the show. I agree with you. I, he was a standout for me as well, but there wasn't a weak member in the cast as far as I was concerned. I was happy to see Foster Solomon, new to me, Emily Berry. Uh, the other clowns included Levi Mirovich as Festy. Who also, by the way, did the opening songs and was beautiful. Yes, he it, musically, he's, he's wonderful. What an asset for them. Very happy to see the return of Michelle Greensmith, who's worked for Quill before. She always radiates intelligence. Mitchell Ash, who I've followed through various productions now, including the recent VCU filming of Spring Awakening. Uh, Just wonderful to see him do something new and different. And Erica Hughes as Mariah was very funny 
And I love Cole Metz. Cole Metz as uh, Malvolio, the very priggish steward. Very, very funny. He mastered that role for sure. And two of the roles that were not clowns, but nevertheless were uh, very strong supporting cast for this were Lucretia Marie as Antonio, the sea captain, had a wonderful presence, and Michael Blackwood as Orsino. Very varied characterization, both kind of straight and stalwart and also lovesick and puppy doggish. So they were both a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah, I thought there were a lot of comic highlights. I just felt like it was a little unhurried and that lack of pace and energy all the way through kind of made it a little more tedious than it could have been. All right. We've been talking about Twelfth Night, which is a Quill Theater production at Agecroft through August 15th. That's it for this week. We'll be back in two weeks with our final curtain call of our sixth season. This is Jerry Williams from Sifter. Susie Hobbenstock with BroadwayWorld.com. Claire Boswell with Style Weekly. I'm Julie Turner with Inquiry. Julinda Lewis with RVA Art Review. For extended podcasts and complete reviews, visit the Richmond Theatre Critics Circle website at artsies.org. 